0: Insert your own theme tune here, or don't. Just sit and relax for a few minutes. Why yeah, bother going to go into the work? This is Citizens of Nowhere, which always starts with Nick Doody saying,
1: "Insert your own theme tune here."
0: Totally pointlessly, because no one ever does. <laughs> send us, send us your theme tune. We don't, we don't know. <laughs> don't if I do. Us, do. we don't, no, we don't do. know. If that's what I'm saying. Send it to us. So otherwise. Uh, yeah, you you might have come up with an amazing theme tune that's just gone. What are you using it for? Seriously,
1: it does always start with me saying that, and then it uh, it always uh, starts as well with Kerry. Just Kerry Marks here. Hello, Kerry Marks and and Nick Doody. You, <laughs> yeah. you said my name, but you didn't say your own. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> but really, I, like, yeah. I like a bit of mystery. Who am I?
1: <laughs> I, we're in your flat, so just because you're covered in that sheet, <laughs> doesn't.
0: I didn't really mean that. that. Was I was just... trying to be mysterious to you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> People listening, it listening to it. Um, yeah, hello again. Welcome back to uh, Citizens of Nowhere, where Nick Doody and I just um, just chat about things. Um, and uh, on this particular podcast, we've decided to talk about uh, what is happening fr- from tomorrow. Are you, you're going up to I'm Edinburgh up Festival tomorrow. Okay, so we're going to talk about the Edinburgh Festival um which is quite a wide subject i think hopefully yeah let's find maybe out maybe it's not maybe we'll find out it's not <laughs> <laughs> we've run out already okay nothing to say it's a place in edinburgh with a festival how it,
1: much are we oh know. god you've giving away everything i was going to say <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that done?
1: let's start basic right you, you just come in your entry level and what do i need to know it's in edinburgh that's it's the capital of scotland
0: it's a festival it's a um, festival, it so, is. Okay, so, OK, it's the biggest arts festival in the world. I, I, that's been true for a long time, so I'm assuming it's still true. I've not looked it up, but uh, yeah. it's got to be, right?
1: And it's an art. And it's a city-based arts festival, which is actually key oh. to saying... Because I've met people who don't... who actually didn't realise it wasn't like Glastonbury.
0: Right. So they are gone, how long is it? A month. What,
1: well, you, you're camping for a month.
0: Well... Yeah, do you know what, that's what I thought when I first went up there. The first few years, in, people, people didn't used to um, uh, become a comedian and then instantly go up to Edinburgh with their first hour. It was something right. you, you kind of built up to. You'd be going for a little while, go for a few years, and then you'd uh, at some point go up and do the Edinburgh Festival. Um, and when I first i I'd heard of it, and that's what I imagined, I thought it was some big outdoor camping thing. Right. Uh, I had no idea, so when I went up there it was a bit of a shock really. But uh, if you've not been there, what it is is that, just about every building that is capable of doing so becomes a venue.
1: Yeah. If, if you have a car crash and the ambulance isn't there within about 60 minutes, <clears throat> someone will perform a show in your guts before you're <laughs> cut out of the crash. Every, every place that possibly could be... If you don't think
0: a projector can get into your gut, you will find yeah. out very quickly <laughs> yeah. it can. But, and... and and on that, it, there's been uh, um, a show in a car, and a very small car, I think, as well. It's like a four-seater. Um,
1: Alfie Joey, are you talking about? He yeah, did, Alfie he, Joey's he did, he show. Did a, Yeah, yeah, he, he did a show
0: in his own car. Just he did a show in around. his car, and he had to get... Uh, and, and the fire brigade had to come down and check it was fire safe, by, by the rules. Wow. Right. Uh, which is, yep, there are four doors. It's fairly easy on escape routes.
1: Did, was it? Was the show ticketed?
0: Um, I, I thought it was advertised, so I think it, it might have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so there's a show on a bus. There's, uh, I think, there's a couple of shows. On yeah, there's more actually. than one show on a, on a bus. Right. Um, there used to be um, a vehicle. Uh, uh, Noel from the Comedy Cafe used to have um, a vehicle. He took up. I think he used to drive around with an audience in it. It was it was done inside, like really, uh, like outer spacey kind of kind of sci-fi. I think I went. Theme. I think I saw that show. Did you? Years I know, I never and years, years ago. Was, I saw the yeah. I saw the vehicle. It was great. Yeah, yeah. It was actually quite something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But there are actually quite a lot of
0: shows, almost I'd say the majority, not in vehicles. (laughs) The majority are in venues. But even then, that's using the term very arguably. There's a lot of things that become a venue. Uh, a pub with any kind of room that will do. Uh, often it's not even a, a normal venue the rest of the year because that pub is just taking a, a bit of extra space of the pub and putting a little stage in it and a microphone off and on some crates or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, and a, and a it curtain set up for the rest of the. And then not always, the um,
1: I've seen few fringe shows where the cutoff was not blackout curtain, not anything with any kind of sound.
0: Oh, no, no. No, they wouldn't. Some sound-damning
1: effect. They wouldn't stretch to that.
0: It they wouldn't would give more... the comedian that kind of an advantage with an audience that are captive and can hear the whole no, show. It's
1: just sort of black polyester sheets.
0: Yeah, it's where we go to showcase what we don't really do. It's where we go to demonstrate what we wouldn't do the rest of it. most most of the venues there. If you turned up the rest of the year and saw that was the the gig, you probably wouldn't do it again. They're often boiling hot. Uh, and this has been a thing in Edinburgh for years, right? Some of the venues are so hot. I performed with people fainting in a room with, uh, yeah. um, with myself feeling like I'm going to faint during a show, which is awful. Especially if you're doing a piece about health, you know. <laughs> I know that show about the heart attack, and the room was so hot about, about me having a heart attack. And it was it was so hot, I felt like I was going to collapse throughout the show, and I'm pouring sweat, so looking like I'm dying anyway. There were people fainting. There's uh, there was twice I had to stop the show for someone to be taken out. I've been saying for for years now that we desperately need someone to die in Edinburgh uh, in one of the venues because that's the only way they're ever going to put air conditioning in all Yeah, no um, punter preferably
1: I cannot I I can't believe that I'm sure that it must have happened
0: Um, There's no no way I think there's been a lot of cases
1: I speak as as a seasoned Edinburgh performer There is no way all of my audience have survived
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> not if you were doing it right alright not my audience but no what everyone's audience made it through have you ever had anyone die Just during the show no no I mean any any performers ever
1: Uh I don't think so alright well, not, well, not I have, while I not while I was on
0: I have twice <laughs> had a heart attack in a in a show not me but a your member, people are member very member suggestible <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've, I've talked about drinking I've had loads of people drink during the show <laughs> I don't know if anyone's died during any of my shows, but I do know twice. Um, th- there was an ambulance called one, another one where uh, the guy was taken out during the show and uh, uh, and I believe they had to call an ambulance. I don't know what happened to him, but because I think right. that's, it's a horrible thing to happen, but at the same time, yeah. it's a bit of an achievement. Do you know what I mean? In the, I do remember talking about this at the time, saying that I th- it's all very well giving us stars uh, for how good you think we are, but I think if you had coffins, like how many people have died laughing at your show? Wow. That's a great accolade, isn't it? But... Uh, the truth is in Edinburgh it would almost certainly be from the heat rather than from the from the laughing yeah
1: it would just be at that, at that stage you can't really
0: claim it as your, your, your death that you've, you've achieved
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean when you say Edinburgh is there to do what we don't do the rest of the year that's sort of um, kind of jobbing circuit stand-ups we don't we don't do an hour it, it's much more akin to what in the we UK would... we don't do an hour no but it's Rarely. much more akin to what you'd be doing if you were touring on your own touring theatres no,
0: because once, what I mean sure? is everything about it. First of all, uh, you, you, the environments, um, largely, you, you, you don't... Have, unless you bring in someone to do sound and lighting, you, uh, arriving at venues that you don't even know what they look like, most of the time you you arrive at... And, yeah. and I, this even with the, the expensive part of the fringes, which we'll talk about in a moment. There's the expensive fringe, the free fringe, but um, but even with the the expensive fringe, the, the pay-through-your-nose fringe, is, uh, I've usually... Very often they haven't really sorted out the venues. You can't even go up and have a look at the venues the rest of the year. So I've had uh, because the, because at they're, those not where, they're not there because <laughs> yeah. they're not there. Right? Yeah. They're not so venues. Th- um, they're being used as part of the students' union or something else. So yeah. uh, so you you can't really you, you can sometimes get specs on it, but that doesn't really help a lot. Yeah.
1: I mean, if, if you, even if you went up personally and there was someone to show you, it would be well. I know it looks like a cellar now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I, 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 see
1: that milk float. We turn it upside down, and you wouldn't know. We cover it a milk sheet. float, or whatever. Just whatever your venue is. The, rest of the year.
0: yeah. All oh, right, okay, cool. That's, yeah, sure. If it, there was a milk float, they would use it as a stage. I think I sort of had the, <laughs> you,
1: know, you know, how the the uh, underbelly everything is uh, a dairy pun. All oh, right. Yes. Of course. The, uh, you know, yes. small room, and the we, you know, milk chain, whatever.
0: So what it is, There's a load of venues up there, and uh, and some of them you. Uh, pay a lot of money to perform in. Uh, they're, they're supposed to be the more professional venues, I guess, but I'm not sure that's particularly true anymore either.
1: I mean, yeah, professional in the sense that they're
0: paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I, I have had free fringe experiences that were easily as professional as, as my... And my first four shows were at The Pleasants.
0: Well, let's explain what the free fringe is then for anyone who doesn't know. But, uh, um, And the free fringe was start. I believe I'm right to say it was started by Peter Buckley Hill. Yeah, it was. Um, some years back, and uh, and it was supposed to be an answer to how expensive it was to performance to do the fringe, um, and then what, what re- uh, happened as a result was a splinter group split off and started their own free fringe. Then another version, and then there's other versions now, like a, a five pound fringe, yeah, where you pay five pounds plus. And then there's, yeah,
1: there's, there's um, versions where you can res- you can reserve a ticket. Yep. You can reserve a seat. But you can also turn up going for free and pay something on the other way out. It's just that you wouldn't be guaranteed to get in in, the, you know, in case it sells out.
0: So the idea... And I was against the free fringe originally because to me it sounded like it's just indoor busking. Which it is in a which sense. Which in a sense it is, Right, yeah. so you, you perform for an hour and then you, there's, a, there's a bucket and uh, and you collect money for your, your show afterwards, right? Yeah. Um, and I hated the idea of doing that. But I, having done the free fringe now for a few years... I still hate holding the bucket and I still hate doing right. the, the begging speech you know the mm, please, money in my bucket." Um, you can make it funny but there's key phrases that, uh, that that well all performers have found that if you say certain things remind people how much a show costs and so on and, and how yeah. much it costs to be there which you can't make jokes about because you know, you, you can be funny doing the bucket speech, but you can't make jokes about that stuff because you really need to make those points. And that the reason is because at the beginning of every festival where I forget this, and or my show's not quite ready, I arrive up in Edinburgh, I've got loads of ideas, the show isn't... Um, uh, smooth enough yet, and I feel a certain amount of guilt performing it. You know, after afterwards, I don't want to stand there if I've just messed a whole load of things up and go, Oh, right. put some money in my bucket. Yeah, so I'll do some sorry,
1: this wasn't a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll like do some casual sort of
0: like, Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, put some money in my bucket, or if you didn't, just give me a punch in the face and whatever. And right. uh, and people put money, but then at some point, a few days in, you realize now you've got to commit, right? You, you've got to do that bucket speech because we're losing a fortune otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's very expensive putting on a show. So you have to do it, and it does make a difference. And it's, it's the truth about life, I guess, really.
1: Yeah, you have to get the people in, and they need to pay yeah. for you to make any for this, yeah, so there's any sort of sane transaction for you.
0: And you can't be apologetic about it. You've got to just insist no. that you're worth it. Because if you don't think you're worth it, then they don't either.
1: Yeah, my, my, my experience of it was quite similar. I really didn't like the idea of doing it at first. And then the first couple of times you do it, and people do put money in and seem fine with it, you go, okay. And then you start realising this. Actually, I am completely cutting out the middleman here. Which is, I guess, is why it's free. Yeah. But they, yeah, they give you the money that they think it's worth. It's direct and it's completely
0: honest. Which makes sense. Yeah. It's still disappointing when you... So you'll get some people who go out who just drop a coin in and you go... They even say like a quid or two quid. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that okay, that's what you're going to tip a waiter you didn't really think much of, right? Mm. That's who's just brought you a bit of food to the table and there's also been yeah. a wage. And and they're seeing it as a tip, not realising that this is your only wage. Yeah. So you've got those people. Then you've got the people who you discover afterwards put in foreign coins. Yeah. Uh, some people are really generous and really nice, but but there is also quite a lot of people who just slip out or pretend to put money in the bucket. Or Which s- I think yeah quite funny. Yeah. It's
1: interesting that people are like that. I mean, there's a lot of psychology involved. You can imagine someone doing quite an interesting psychological experiment with seeing, you know... What works, how people... Yeah. Yeah. If you hold the bucket yourself, um, which some people don't, but it's much, much better if you do. You know, they're, looking, they're walking directly past and looking directly into the face of the yep. person who's just performed for them for an hour.
0: Yeah, but you could also say what you're doing is making them uncomfortable to get more money out of them. Yeah. Which you are as well.
1: Well, so. um... Yeah. <coughs> yeah, but, but you know that there, there are loads of these experiments um, people are more honest with an honesty box if there's no one there but a pair of eyes are drawn next to it. Yeah. You know, and then there's there's an old
0: uh How about ex- if you had a nose or teeth? Make it even more of a face but some hair. I on I it. Know,
1: I don't think the nose really helps.
0: No. No. But um I don't know a face without a nose would a face it it help.
1: just disembodied eyes. Like yeah. eyes eyes added into the O's the in the message. Of being watched. Right. Things like that that they, they do make a difference. Um, also, there's a there's an experiment they did where they asked people to do work for an hour, and then they said, "Oh, go to this person and pay you," and the person deliberately pays them right. ten <clears throat> times too much. Right. And if they, you know, if the person asks, oh, "Is that is that right?" an enormous number of people go, "Oh, it's not actually." But if they don't ask, if there's this feeling, there's no more interaction people are far more likely to go from more likely to go away with the uh, with the wrong uh, amount of money. Delivery. Oh really? Yeah.
0: That's interesting. Because people the people that- the different you know
1: if it's given to them by accident and they know that's an accident they'll walk away and profit from it. But if the if they then also have to lie? Right. It's always like that difference of, you know, a, I'll, I'll stop a trolley car, but I'm not pushing someone in front of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But there was a, an experiment recently that kind of had a different result where they did the wallet test, you know, dropping wallets places and seeing people return them. Right. And what's interesting is they found the more money in the wallet, the more likely someone is to return it. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder whether that plays to more guilt or something or whether they're thinking, ah, well, it's just, uh, there's only 20 quid in this and i want to miss that.
1: Isn't, isn't there also a difference depending on what pictures are in the wallet?
0: Um, oh yeah, I've heard that one. Pictures as well. Uh, yeah. pictures yeah.
1: of family and children,
0: right? And, yeah, yeah. I don't know because anything sod. Yeah. <laughs> so this, for, is the children, they, this is the they psychology. They that many children. This is the psychology of the bucket, speech. So you want to make it funny, but you don't want to get you don't want to get humour in the wrong places. There's certain messages you need to put out when you're doing the bucket speech, which has been found over and over again by lots of performers, right? Right. You got to make it clear that it's, it's good to mention what shows normally cost. Yeah. So it gives the audience. Uh, a feeling of what a show is worth, right? Um, it's good to right. mention how expensive it is to put on a show, we'll make it clear that the money isn't, um, uh, you know, it, the, the, this is funding you the, the festival. Really, this is making it possible to go out there and perform.
1: Yeah, um, because it is it, it is expensive. So let, let's talk a bit about the other.
0: And every edge you give an audience, like I used to say always, and I still I still do say this actually. But if you're a student or, or you're broke, have the show on me. You know, don't don't yeah, feel yeah, you yeah. need to put money in. Uh, and I won't judge you. But, but the trouble is that I do find when I say that, loads of people walk past me and, and claim to be students, And you go, you're not students. <laughs> you know, middle-aged <laughs> people and stuff. And you go, uh, I've, I've actually just given people an excuse to walk past.
1: Yeah, I, it just...
0: I still think it's a nice thing to do. but Yes, you know I mean? no, I, I, think, I agree. I think by putting that out, you, you instantly get taken advantage of for doing so, though.
1: You do kind of. I think there's also the... Um... There's a point to be made that these shows are kind of advertised as being free.
0: Yeah.
1: Which I know.
0: Yes, pe- it is. A people difficulty.
1: who know the score. Yeah. Know that it's the dumb thing to put some money on the bucket on the way out. There's a bucket collection at the end. It's free entry with a bucket collection at the end. Yeah. But. I don't know. I've had people argue to me that you, you know, you should, you just have the bucket there and don't make any kind of speech and certainly don't suggest how much they should be putting in. But. I don't know, but you I... get nothing.
0: I've seen this happen. I've seen people do that, and uh, as I say, there are times where I haven't done the bucket speech and just said there's a bucket at the back. Yeah, and you don't make any money. You you get a, a few quid, and it's uh, it's very hard to fund doing an Edinburgh show doing that. I'll
1: tell you something that happened to me very well. And some people
0: are really good at it. This you know, is in,
1: in the um, this is on the paid fringe. Yeah, it's my my uh, fourth year of doing solo shows. I think I was at the the Pleasance. I was in um, you know sizable room and somebody in this show before forgot uh their wallet uh and and, uh, and some money i think just some money actually they'd left it under um so we're thinking that someone's going to come back for this yeah uh during my show so we left at the sound desk which was by the door so that if, if someone came in the guy doing the sound could go here you go yeah, yeah we've got it uh, but they didn't or at least they didn't until after my show had finished. So my show... Which was at Pleasants... Who charge... They charge sort of... Sort of you know... Western theatre prices... Not... I mean... Maybe not not like that... But they were charging like 15 quid a ticket... Yeah... Or something... Um, my audience walk out... They've paid 15 quid a ticket... But because they're now so used to this thing... They see this little pile of money on the way out... By the time I've... I've cleared up and everything... The amount of money on the sound desk, has increased by about 25 quid. Oh, really? Because <laughs> people have left more money. People are like, oh, this must be where you leave money. Like, forgetting that they've bought tickets. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. OK. So when the person came back to claim their money, yeah. it had multiplied. <laughs> <laughs> what I actually did is it's that because we knew, we knew how much they'd left, so yeah. well, I, I, I took the difference away and, and gave it to Waverly Care. Right. Because I, I didn't think it was fair to keep it because... They shouldn't be giving me more money. They paid a ticket. Right,
0: right, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, still, it's nice them.
1: Yeah, but it it goes to tell you that people, you know, people kind of it's like like a tip. Most
0: people are very nice about it as well. They just just fully accept that's the system, and they uh, they go in prepared. But it's amazing how people just leave. I didn't have any money on me, and it's like, well,
1: yeah.
0: Most people up there know how the free fringe works, right? you you could be forgiven for a first time not not knowing. Yeah. And uh, i will just say I'm, I'm not going to Edinburgh this year. I'm having a year off, which I just can't wait to not be there. <laughs> so excited! Um, and it's uh, it, once every now and then I'll have a year. I think I've had this is my third ever year off Edinburgh since around about ninety seven. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How? Uh, so we. And it's, this is how many? How many? When did you first start going up?
1: I first went up with a sketch show in nineteen
0: ninety three. Right. Do you remember what it was? Uh, yeah, <laughs> show, a show called Crotch <laughs> with remember?
1: Ben uh, Ben Wilbond and Barry Cooper.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. What's your memories of it?
1: I remember it pretty well. You know, I, I <laughs> wrote or co-wrote of the sketches. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we did a show at the Carlton Centre. All right. Um. <laughs> and we had uh, we had this. We we all wore black with berets <laughs> and stuff, and then it was it was quite sort of. They're like militaristic guerrilla comedy sketches and then we did um, we, we would just go around chanting crotch 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 hunting things out really intensely and uh, we had um, posters that said some people say religion is a crutch we say crotch is a religion and just, <laughs> just re- really mad <laughs> anyway yeah good show generally All right except when it was when there was a, a power outage <laughs> yeah <That happened>. um <laughs> So that, that's the first show I ever ever took up.
0: Right. And then... then regularly since then,
1: Yeah, did another... Went up two years later with another student sketch show. Um, was part of several multi-handed... Kind of, you know, three acts and a compare type... Right. Uh, shows. Uh, for ages. And then then started doing solo shows. Of which, I don't know... I. At a guess, maybe I've done about a dozen, but I I couldn't tell you the exact number right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure of my, my number. i It'd be twelve, maybe fourteen. I think actually, that I've done solo, solo shows, but more yeah. with more with because I, I was first in the Scream and Murder show when it was a package show, right? When it was I, um, I, I did that as well, obviously. A different Pete year. Harris. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We when it was Scream and Murder. Yeah, when it was uh, Pete Harris running it.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, it was me and uh, Michael colleague Robin Ince. Yeah,
0: uh, Gina Ryan. Yeah, they were great bills. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, also yeah. back when there was only like two or three package shows on the whole fringe back then.
1: Yeah, Hal Crutton... I'm trying to remember. There, was, there wasn't much. Hal Cuttenden, Donut Frisbee, and Noel Britain. Yeah, that, that was everyone. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So they, they, they would bring genuinely good, strong circuit bills. Yeah. To do an anyway. and the thing was, even then, when you're just doing twenty minutes. Every night you're doing 20 minutes in the same room. Yeah. It hones like hell, right?
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because maybe it really 20... strep for me up that time, and it was, and it, it was uh, but it was sold out every night, and uh, we had two shows a night as well, which I think you probably did as well.
1: Early show and a late show, but there were different bills. Yeah, same as yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, and really strong bills, and then uh, and then the next time I did a, a two-hander with uh, with. Andrew Pipe at the time (laughs) he used to be on the circuit
1: I I went to see that show I was in the audience
0: when you had a small audience it was an odd one because this was one where the idea was good it was called dupe and it was uh, it was marrying back in the time when I used to do magic stuff and it was marrying my magic stuff with uh, some of his political angles and so on and and we were talking about how uh, the media dupes people and so on and and trying to bring this together but uh, I, I vaguely remember that Andrew refused to ever rehearse a thing or write a thing, and I'd, I would write loads of sketches, I wrote loads of sketches for that, and he'd really go, yeah, it's great, and then I'd go, right, we're here for the rehearsal, let's do it, and he's like, oh, I haven't rehearsed it, he said, I, I think it's better if we wing it, I go, well, there's no point in me writing it then, <laughs> yeah, we right, went I can imagine, so we, we just went up with a total, utter mess, which you sort of could do a bit more back then.
1: It, it was a slightly chaotic show, but I, I... The main thing I remember is that when I went to see it, you put my head in a guillotine. <laughs> I, I don't mean the jujitsu hold. I don't mean the, like a choke hold. I mean an actual live, life-size, life-size maybe not the right phrase, death size death-size Death-size guillotine. guillotine, yeah. With two L's for your hands and two L's for some carrots, which when the blade comes through, the carrots both cut in half. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was a good piece. Yeah.
1: We, we vaguely knew each other, not very well
0: at the time, but we knew each other, too. You knew each other well enough for you to put your head in the guillotine.
1: Well, you decided How to pick up me because there were be? so few other people in the audience.
0: <laughs> and there were only about
1: eight of us in the whole audience. Right. And um, you, <laughs> you prepared in the guillotine <laughs> and then told the rest of the audience that what I didn't know is that you'd, me, you'd never liked me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's going to add to your confidence, isn't it? before? I'm... Yeah. Pull a string and let a Sometimes blade think, drop on your yeah. head. Do you remember being scared by it? Or did you totally trust... Did you just, you just hey, go, I, it's a magic trick, it has to be fine?
1: I was not. I, I would like 5%. Not even that. Just I was thinking, can this go wrong? I don't see how it can, really. It must be designed relatively foolproof.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, There are ways it could go wrong, yeah.
1: I can imagine. Yeah, you've got to be fairly careful. There is something the size... Of, so even if it's not a sharp blade, it's still heavy enough that if it went...
0: This was before the days when you needed indemnity insurance, right? You know, we're, we're, which, which uh, I think magicians largely have to have nowadays.
1: I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm no magician, but my my strong guess at the time was it's probably not a real guillotine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably some sort. Even of then, true. though, you know, when I I know that fairground rides are safe. I said you know some dodgy fairground ride here and there. And just, yeah, yeah. You wonder how. How often are these things? Yeah. How fixed? well
1: do I trust Carrie to look after this trick guillotine? Yeah, that's more the case. Yeah. Which she stores yeah. in a warehouse with some real guillotines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably knocked together myself as well. I don't yeah, remember yeah. where I got that from.
1: You can't remember? No, I can't remember. Where well, you got a life-size guillotine? Yeah, I can't remember. Because you had so many
0: over the well, years. Yeah, then, then I, used to get, I used to make props. I used to used to buy odd bits. And you pieces didn't and make I this. buy pieces and pieces? No, I probably, I probably didn't. I don't know. How do you know I didn't?
1: Well, because. It had the Scarlet Pimpernel signature on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but props I used to make were pretty professional, though. I was quite good at it. I, didn't, I never knew one. Maybe. Yeah. I think I might. I, I doubted must, very much. I must have yourself. bought that off some. But if I bought it, it was almost certainly of some kind of second-hand thing or some magician thrown away. So you should have been scared. <laughs> yeah, just from the family of a French <laughs> nobleman. <Yeah. laughs> then after that, I think I've, I've, it's all been solo shows since then. That's right. what I love because actually doing a that year doing a doing a, um, a two hander with someone whose uh, whose way of working was very difficult. Right. You know, he's not going to listen to this podcast. he's um, all right. Unreliable, it, 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 extremely unreliable. Yeah, yeah. Right. And 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 doing a solo show, I just kind of wanted control over it myself.
1: Which is. Uh, a a joy isn't it i think very quickly i think we're going to talk about what you get out of edinburgh but just before that we should probably talk about just how much money it's possible to lose
0: um which has changed a lot you know but back in the day when you were doing the when i was doing the thing is if you're going to do the pay fringe if you're going to spend a few thousand pound on a venue yeah it then seems silly not to get some decent posters and stuff because you're spending a fortune on this venue and you don't want to uh you know, now not make your money back and so on and then if you're paying that kind of money then it seems silly not to get PR and what it is you just keep on adding to the costs and, and with the with the pay fringe it's the, and people don't know this it's, it's surprising but it's almost impossible to make your money back if I, I've been in several venues where it would have been impossible if I saw if, I, if I, I'm i given the figures before Edinburgh if you sell out if you sell yeah, every right. seat every night of the festival you're only going to lose three grand yeah right you
1: get yeah you get this spreadsheet that shows you uh, your percentage of the earnings again you know what you make back but what you're making back is offset against what you will owe them or what you owe them is more than you possibly can make yeah, yeah. and that's the deal that's the yes. thing. yeah we, we will keep tw- whatever the percentage is like 45 percent 55 percent or 25 percent 75 percent whatever it is they I mean they're not guaranteed to make money except for the fact that you're paying for the venue so in that way case okay, they are they're making money that way. They're not taking that risk. But they're... It, it's madness in a way. But it used to be almost the only way to do it, that you are definitely going to lose money. My first Edinburgh show went really, really well. Sold out everything from the beginning. I had this five-star five review that came out right at the beginning, during the first remember, previews. yeah. Sold yeah. out the entire rest of the run. There was a real buzz about it. We put on two extra shows in a... In a larger, significantly larger venue, and all of that's done for free by the Pleasants, then, right? So I get two shows which are basically a thousand pounds to me each. Like, I I get, I don't have to pay for the venue, it's the same split. So if they sell out, which they did, they both sold out, so that's like an extra two grand of what I will make. And at the end of that year, I only owed 1,500 quid. <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? Which w- was a delight yeah. because I had already paid... My, I, I think I'd already paid it up front. And there was some, still some minor shortfall. And they went, but we always said if the shortfall was less than 200, we wouldn't charge you. So you only owe us the 1,500 quid, which you've already paid us. Well, do
0: you know what? The, so that, that right. was it. Um, I don't think this is so common anymore, but it used to be... There was a, a, for a good few years, one of the comedy companies, I'm not going to say their name right now, but they... they uh, they tend to take on uh, middle-class people with comedians with a reasonable amount of money, and uh, and then they'd get them into a load of debt, which so they'd carry on having to work work off that money for several years. Right. But at one point, it wasn't unusual for acts to be leaving Edinburgh owing, owing around twenty grand. You know.
1: Yes, that that's kind of astonishing. Yeah. Um, I I was involved for in, a, for a, in a month.
0: You know, twenty grand, and you performed, and you f- filled a room.
1: I was involved in a in a four-hander, you know, which is a compare of three acts.
0: Yeah. Uh, for them, not four hands. No, that's right. It should make that clear. I'm just thinking for people who don't know.
1: Yeah, it should be called an eight-hander because there're yes. eight hands Four people. It's you know, it do really. Yeah, um, and for this company, they yeah. had they had a showcase one. So like the Spring with Blue Murder" one we're talking about, typical a similar setup, but the difference is that they they mix in the advertising and publicity costs. All of their roster and split it equally, right? So, some big TV name who's spending X on publicity that publicity goes into the publicity, right, and, and into the box mark publicity that is then shared equally amongst you four, yep, and TV name, <laughs> yes, and right, everybody yeah. else is on their roster. So, <coughs> it's actually absolutely pretty outrageous how much you're spending.
0: And they go up there with a big team, and you'd see yep. their team Flyers. drinking champagne non stuff and everything. Oh, they gave they
1: gave us champagne after the first uh, really? after the first yeah, they, they, and then is <laughs> after the first night. And then, and that's, yeah, God, they, God, I'm having to go out of my way not to give a clue who it is because if you're in the know, you know who this is anyway. But um, a when they give
0: you champagne, you know you're paying for it. Right? Well, so it, it really... was,
1: um, someone came up to me and went, and uh, <clears> it was someone who's now extremely famous. Uh, and said, uh, "This is uh, the most bitter champagne you're ever going to drink because uh, <laughs> you <look> <laughs> you, you've already paid for yeah, this yeah, money yeah. that you haven't yeah. paid off yet." Yeah,
0: and also because everyone else drinking the champagne around you, you're paying for them as well. Yes, so, and you yeah. and you, you didn't ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, all right, how much has that changed? Like, I go back to you saying, "I remember this happening." You did your first Edinburgh. You you happened to get that review right near the beginning of the time, Yeah, Perfect so I had an time, outrage. outrageously good.
1: Uh, uh, you know, if, really good. I wasn't review. sure this is for an award. But Five star quality review. That's the good, only way good, it could have gone good, better.
0: Good publication. Um, uh, and, and then you set out for the whole run with extra shows, right? Yeah. Could that happen now?
1: And, and went on to a Soho theatre run Yeah, of the same shows I mean, It went as well as
0: it possibly could do. Could that happen now? How do you From mean? one route, could you get that one review that would? I, I don't think you could. I don't think one review sells out a show. In fact, mostly I think now what happens is I think the power I, of the reviews has gone yeah, way down. I,
1: I think you could to some extent if you had a team behind you, you said the re- review was publicized a bit, and like me, you're a first time and new name. People right. still, people, yes, like yes. I was. Yeah, like so, people, people still get very, excited about you.
0: Yeah. What's, what's changed with the reviews, and let's talk about that because that that was. There are two things that I think shaped a lot of Edinburgh shows for a long time. One was uh, the reviews; people went up there to, to get reviewed and so on. Yeah. Um, and another big thing was the uh, the competition, originally known famously as the Perrier, which which it stopped being the Perrier a long time yeah. back, but it became uh, well, it's gone through a load of different phases, hasn't it? Yeah,
1: it was the um, the Foster's Comedy Award. Yeah. It was the If dot Comedies for a bit.
0: Right. Which, but even then, if somebody won it, they tend to put a, a winner of If dot Comedies in bracket formerly the Perrier Award, yeah, because that's lot yeah, of people yeah. know, right? Uh, and I think those things shaped Edinburgh shows massively, because I think for a long time, comedians were going up, knowing what kind of show the Perrier panel tended to go for, and wanting a show that fitted its kind of theme, length of time, uh, and various requirements. It had to be saying something, it had to be, you know, right. life-changing, preferably a tear-jerking finish, <laughs> you know. There was a lot of bases to hit. So i think that that has changed and the other thing is that has changed is the reviewing because it mattered in the past it could make or break a show because not only did it happen like like with you when you get that five-star review yeah but also would happen is you'd get a bad review and it would damage your numbers but nowadays you can get a five-star review up there and your numbers are exactly the same tomorrow it makes no difference and a, and a one-star review doesn't ruin a show either would you say that's true
1: yeah that probably is true because um, first of all, because of flyering. If you're flyering well, you have someone flyering well on your behalf. Yeah. The people they're flyering aren't all. You know, you're not flyering your terrible
0: review. No. Um, and also, there's a lot of publications now on internet sites. And so, for a little while back, now it's getting hard to get, get reviewed up in Edinburgh. But for the last few years, it was almost impossible not to get a five star review or a, or a decent few four stars, right? Because The, gonna... the,
1: the last two shows that I have. The last two shows that I made into DVDs, I didn't get a single review for either one. That I'm right. aware of.
0: I didn't get. I didn't get a review come out. Like last not year at not all. one at all. Yeah.
1: Only thinking, fuck. This is this. You know, the first one of them, uh, Devin or Assassin*. I thought. I thought this. This. I mean, this is a really good show. It's so yeah. strong. It's just getting stronger every day, and loving doing it. It's, it seems mental that I can't
0: yeah. get a review.
1: I don't think I got it. I, I didn't get single review last year, for, and there, there was a for, point
0: halfway through where I just—I was really getting into my show, and it was rocking and that, and I'm going, "It's and it's—we it, shouldn't go up there to try and get reviewed, but you do." The odd thing is, when you go up and do an Edinburgh show for a month and there's no reviews, it means there's not a lot of traction on the internet, so it's almost like you didn't go up there and do anything.
1: Yes, that that, that was no- how I felt. I felt like it's like it's like this has made no footprint on history. It's yeah, like it didn't happen.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's easily. it's
1: frustrating for that reason. It's not that you. It's, it's not that, you know, it's not so much that you crave the recognition of your business. there is some of that, but it's also you you need the recognition that it fucking happened at right. all.
0: For a while, there were just loads of Internet ones that sprung up that would give out fives and fours quite easily. Uh, now, yeah. it's even hard to get those in because there's just so many shows now. That's the thing that's changed A, there's so many shows and B, we've heard this year that the press, um, the, the, the number of reviewers uh, has dropped massively. Uh, for a long time, the national papers have stopped going up. They've only gone up for about four days. Um, and yeah, there was an announcement recently to say that a number of different reviewers aren't, uh, aren't doing it this year. And right. uh, uh, and I think the Scots, it might be the Scotsman and some other papers said that they can only um, review a limited number of shows that they can print. So, that, I mean, that's so now what will happen is, is they'll come to your show at the beginning, which I've had a few times now, where a publication will come to my show right near the beginning and they've come to a good show and then the review never comes out and you're waiting on it going, oh, come on, I know that was a good show. I know that's going to bring it. And, and all you're thinking about, why, by the way, I should make that clear, it's not because you're so desperate to see some stars after your name at this point. is when you're in Edinburgh, you want anything that will put bums on seats. Yeah. Anything. So uh, so a review can you know, at least give you sign a hand out. But nowadays, I think uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's getting more difficult. I, I heard there's two PR companies I heard recently have sent out a memo to their act saying uh, they can't guarantee that you'll get any reviews. No, and that's the and, PR and, company. And you true. might be spending they, they two thousand pounds on that, right?
1: Yes, uh, PR companies charge a lot. Yeah. Um. So that's another. I'd say probably a minimum of a thousand pounds, and often like double that, maybe more. What you're paying for, and you're paying for no guaranteed result.
0: Yeah. But also, if yeah, you're you not paying, if you're it.
1: not paying for that, you're competing with people who are. This is how, you know, this is how this is how expensive Edinburgh can be, and we haven't even got into the accommodation, which has been a particular nightmare this year. You're not going, to it, I am. Yeah. But there's a there's a new rule, um, thanks to uh, the MSP for uh, Lothian, Andy Whiteman, he uh, brought in a bill which basically, it basically means that there are no um, there's no guaranteed accommodation and not none but what it, what it means is that anyone who's temporarily lodging in accommodation like a student or, or or a tenant who might you know go away that's now by law indefinite accommodation and when they want to if they if they want to vacate it and stop paying rent they just need to give 28 days notice now, what was happening... To be clear,
0: the landlord can't say, I'm renting out this place, but you have to get out in August because no. I want to rent it to... No, yeah, that's right. The landlord, right.
1: Can, the landlord can't do that because it's by definition an indefinite um, right. combination. So what... what Which that, is probably right. Right, That's that was That, I would say, is a is probably a huge improvement for students yeah. who can stay there, who only need to know a month ahead of time, oh, I need to get out of here, and then, you know, I'm going to leave in June or July, and... And they give their notice and then they don't have to pay rent anymore. But what it does mean is because that's not being decided until four weeks before it happens, the landlords cannot put those properties up for let yeah. for the festival.
0: And this has happened this year, hasn't it? So yep, this is already this people who've advertised their show and committed to doing it. yeah, And then find out that rent's going to be, which is a really expensive part of doing, doing the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah, your rent is go, one of your biggest oh, overheads. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, and now uh, at the normal time, you know, people anywhere, sort of January, February, March, you'd be looking for somewhere to stay in the festival and those places are just not on the market. Yeah. There, there just isn't anywhere. And when they, think they
0: also closed down students subletting during, uh, during the Edinburgh festival as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I think that happened last year. And that's also a great shame because you know, why not? Why, why wouldn't you let students just make a little bit of extra money for a month and yeah. go away for a month and let, uh, let people take their place.
1: We sh- i mean—we should um, should uh, explain that the cost of accommodation in Edinburgh—it's not cheap compared with the rest of the country. It's not cheap all year round, but in the festival, they multiply it by several times.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: We're, we're, ch- I, we're, we're sharing. Uh, sharing a two-bed flat uh, this time, and I think the overall cost for that for the month is about
0: three thousand six hundred pounds. Three, yeah, £3 hundred pounds. F- ho- have a lot for a month. Really. Yeah, that is a lot. For yeah. Yeah, especially when you're trying to make the money back by holding a bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th-
1: this is the thing. So if you're going to the festival, have a thought when you go to see a free fringe show. These are the overheads that your bucket money yeah. is going to hopefully offset by the end of the
0: month. And don't forget the comedian. So I'm just talking you into putting lots of money into buckets. But, um, but I do think it's a nice thing to do because it's not just the cost of being Edinburgh. The other cost of doing an Edinburgh show is in the... The upcoming months beforehand doing doing previews right so you're yeah. you're traveling around very often previews don't pay or they pay they pay far less than doing another normal club night yeah um, and instead of doing a 20 minute set that you would normally do you're, you're doing an hour of your new material and so on uh they, you normally have to travel there and so on so it, they know they can quite often cost you to do and plus yeah they, they stop you doing a normal gig that night. yes exactly
1: you're exactly you do, you're doing a whole hour show you, you so you can't double it with some other other gig and you're, um, yeah, you're trying to do it, so you can't work that night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you enjoy doing previews? Uh,
1: when they go well. I mean, it's, at the very beginning, they're a nightmare because they're just you kind of vaguely trying stuff from notes.
0: I think you get a good preview. There's some clubs, they have really good preview audiences. They, they know what a preview is. right They're, they're great yeah. for it. Um, I always recommend to people, if you, can, if you see a comedian doing previews, I love watching a, a good preview because it's... Uh, I don't even mean if it's... Uh, when I say good, I don't mean like they got the show ready. I mean are to watch a comedian go on and work that raw where they've got an hour of just ideas, bits of paper flying all over the place. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, ideas forming. Uh, I think is a rather joyous thing, but um, but some audiences, no matter how how you explain it at the beginning, and you can spend several minutes. Oh, you know, right, they just don't. this is a preview. This is what a preview is, and they'll still sit there going, "But you you got bits of paper? I don't get it." Yeah,
1: I yeah I, I always I always do at the beginning of a preview is explain yeah. to them what it is because the risk of them not understanding, it gets free. I did a preview in in, uh, Bath a few nights ago that a stag night came to. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, weird. (laughs) I I just went to the front row. (laughs) You're all dressed in Hawaiian shirts. Is he some sort of occasion? You know, pretending not to notice that one in the middle has got an Elvis wig on (laughs) and sunglasses. And they went, (laughs) oh, it's a stag night. And I just (laughs) said, you know, I can't. I can't. I can't give them any of the energy they're looking for. I just had to go. Strange choice.
0: I know because, and I had this with someone once who uh, complained and went, "Oh, you went on with bits of paper. You don't even learn your stuff." And I'm going, "Okay, I explained that at the beginning. I explained yeah. it as a preview and it's testing material and trying ideas out and everything." Uh, and he wasn't getting that at all. And going, "Yeah, but you know, you, I paid for this, and you should, you know, obviously you should read your audience." Again, "You don't understand what a preview is you because any other normal is. gig, yeah. you can say read your audience, but this is the opposite." This is like yeah. it is absolutely pointless me travelling, say, all the way to Bath to, which has cost me money to get there and so on, in order to do my normal set or, or play around with jokes or just yeah. compare them and have fun and, and not test out the material for Edinburgh. So yeah. yeah. It's,
1: but, similarly, as you know, because you saw some of the video of it, I I did a show where the audience I think didn't just had no knowledge of the subject I was talking about at one point. Yeah. Yeah, not every single one of them, but so many of them were completely turned off
0: by it. And it was politics, wasn't they? They didn't know any of the people I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, I did, watching. I I can't didn't drop think, it. Then I didn't even think they even knew what politicians were. <laughs> yeah, there was no, there was no warmth to that bit at all, was there? They, they always seemed like affronted that you would dare talk about. Yeah, something they, uh... it
1: was. It, it was just like I had <laughs> just switched into a Slavic language. <laughs> for a bit. But it's. If people don't understand what a preview is, they think you're doing something wrong. No, this is the show. Yeah. You just you you're not the audience for it. But I can't I can't do a different show. Yeah, that's yeah. not what this is. Yes. it's like <laughs> I'm, you know I'm, I'm practicing riding a bike here. It yes. doesn't matter if you turn out to be mm. a water-based surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. change. You know, that's, that's what it is it's a terrible that's analogy. What it,
0: I know I was trying to think of one as well but I was going like that kind of thing isn't it? it's, uh I've come to test a particular type yeah. of idea that's what it is going to be at the end of it when you get the right kind of crowds it's quite joyous doing that. when you get an audience who understands is it or, or could even workshop things a little bit with you that's, that's it, it, fun. It,
1: it's like yeah you get like, um, I, I've, I'm designing a new firework and I've advertised new fireworks design. please be aware uh, this is a new firework we don't know how loud or bright it's going to be yeah and everyone comes holding cats and they go but you you, you know cats are terrified of fireworks well, but it's said yeah yeah, a, yeah yeah go, why can't yeah. you just sing instead because the point of this is to try out my firework <laughs> I'm be it's not, what, the... but we paid yeah, I... yeah you paid to watch someone try a firework
0: I'm going to be performing a piece in the Philharmonic Orchestra later on and I just want to practice it with you now I go, yeah, but we're not the Philharmonic Orchestra. And you go, no, you don't understand. just <laughs> what you to pretend. Can you just pretend? Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes there's no, you look at audiences, so you explain the preview to them and they're, they're completely blank. And it's like, no, no. No explanation would be enough. Yeah. <laughs> which you're in, still holding bits of paper there. In, in
1: some way, that is probably not all their fault. There's somebody hasn't done a good job, a good enough job of explaining it to them. But on another level, it is their fault.
0: <laughs> uh, no, sometimes it's not because sometimes what happens is uh, you get club nights where they've actually booked you to do your preview. Oh but yeah, yeah they're, yeah. they're putting on. They're actually tricked you. They they really want you to do an hour at the end of their their normal club night. And that is not and the only audience, it, It's a killer.
1: That's so so evil and so unfair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else has changed in Edinburgh? So, um, well, the
1: free fringe has really changed things. Right. Peter Buckley Hill started. He used to run a show called Peter Buckley Hill and some comedians. It was late at night, and it was free to get in, and people would uh, donate in a bucket to get out, and I think I think he would split the money. Yeah. Pretty sure he would. Um, yeah. He did. Um, but that was the basis. Of, yeah he said decided well we you know we can do a whole fringe like this if we can just get people to agree to give us the venues we'll get the bums on seats uh they'll sell the drinks and we'll run it on this understanding yeah that people come and people come in for free but there's a bucket collection on the way out and, and it that, took
0: a while to work people didn't think the free fringe would work for quite a long time no it's suddenly exploded right
1: yeah it's it's made it it's sort of democratized things to some extent it's made it possible for people you know, like so much other stuff in the arts, um, comedy at the fringe was becoming a thing that only people who had money in the bank could afford to do.
0: Yeah, but then the, the other side of it though is the free fringe. The the various free fringes have meant that there's a hell of a lot of shows that go up there that just aren't ready yet. There are you know lots I and mean, I mean, I mean, lots and lots of shows that are aren't ready. People have been yeah, going yeah. for a few months, and they're like, and it amazes me when I meet a comedian. I'm I'm, I'm doing a gig. Uh, there's a comedian on doing a, an open spot who hasn't got a good ten minutes yet, and then says about their Edinburgh show, and I go, "You're doing an Edinburgh show? You yeah. haven't got ten minutes yet." I've, I've, def- I've definitely you, seen. Do
1: do? I've definitely seen people who who you just go, "That's weird that you're you're the you the venue captain for this venue," and i have never heard of you before, and you see them in whatever, and, and and I don't really know what they yeah. do the rest of the year because it can't they cannot be a professional comedian.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and this become a comedian for one month a year. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Or they, have, or they have some idea of a. There's a number of comics who uh, who only go around doing art centres the rest of the year. They're not really on the circuit.
1: Yeah, this isn't them. Right. Uh, but what what people do do is they set up gigs that are like uh, you get guests. You get three guests along. Because the idea is you can fly. You can give flyers to the audience on the way out if they like you during the show, and so they'll do some sort of panel game. When there yeah. are three guests on, so they almost ha- barely have to talk as well. Yeah. So they let other people who are funny do the talking. They take a bucket collection on the way out. Yeah, they're a con. They are a con. I have a massive problem, problem with them. Uh, if I can and if I
0: can kind of they're a con I know we have to we have to move around this fairly carefully because there are. I don't think so. I, do I, I, here's
1: my deal. <laughs> right. If you have a if you have a gig where you're getting other people to come along on the understanding they can fly their show afterwards and you're not giving them any of the money on the bucket on the way out, I think that's fair enough. If you explain to the audience in front of those acts and in front of their faces, you are going to keep all the money they put in the bucket. Yeah. You are not going to give it to any of the acts. Because I think the audience assumes it is split between the acts they've just seen and enjoyed.
0: To give you an example, and this is not an unusual situation, so I go along to do one... Uh, there's an audience in there. That she's got three good acts on, mm-hmm. uh, and the compare goes out. The one whose whose who's show it is uh, it does a bit at the top. Do, do, doesn't really do very much at the top. Doesn't get much of a laugh. Brings on the first act, who then surprises the audience and gets a good laugh, uh, and then she goes back back on, and once again can't rub two two punch lines together to get anything anything more than the giggle. Of clearly has only been going for a, a few weeks. You know, uh, right. has no real jokes or anything. Basically, it's her show. She dies every time she goes out and quickly passes on to an act, and then you see people. She, she stood next to me with the bucket as people are leaving, and there's people walking by. And I, I don't I have a storm at this particular one. I'm thinking of right, and, yeah. uh, and there's people putting in notes and going, "Oh, twenty quid. I really enjoyed that, mate. Thanks for that, and putting twenty pounds in the bucket. And this is all going to her. It's that, it's that kind of thing you're talking about, isn't yeah. It, right? That's she exactly what take I'm talking about. The whole bucket, and we've just worked hard.
1: Yeah, I think that. I think that is a disgrace.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And, and I'm yeah. totally
1: up for her keeping. Some of the bucket, right? She set the show up, she probably flyered it, she she probably had the Absolutely. posters made, all that stuff. It's completely reasonable. But that she keeps all of it without. And I think what well, the killer is the audience not knowing that. Yes, I agree. The audience thinking that they are paying the ads they've just seen. And you leave them dirty as well. Yeah. Do you know? Because yeah. people put that money
0: in as a compliment to you, and it's like uh, it'd be like if they, you know, you know people tipping a waitress or whatever, yeah. and not realizing that she doesn't even get a share of it. You know, not not only does she not get that money, but it's not even being shared out where she gets any, and she's been really nice to you, and you think she's getting the money. So you might, put uh, yeah, it, yeah, 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 you know I mean? it, it is like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's exactly, and which has now been made illegal. Has it?
0: Well, so it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- tipping. Is, I didn't know it wasn't illegal. tipping
1: is understood to go to the waitress staff, but there were there were certain there were a few big-name na- big chains that weren't doing that, and
0: they were then get, they were, they were keeping oh, it all and then giving the a percentage. You what? Does that not affect the bucket, then? If people think they're putting in... It's money on false pretenses, right? If people think they're putting money in, in a bucket at the end of a package show for the axe, yeah. and they're not, then they've been deceived, right? Yes. So it might be that law actually affects that situation. It's <laughs> a tip, right?
1: It'd be interesting to know where the... Whether there's any legality over someone
0: keeping a bucket, I don't see why it would work any different to that law on tips. Is people giving money with it? Well, with the only intention. reason
1: it might is uh, the the law, as far as I know, is just in England and Wales.
0: Okay, yeah. but you know, it, it's, uh, it's well, worth looking up though.
1: It's obvious, it's obvious why it's 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 yeah you're getting money under false pretences. Yeah, and it's not it's not hard to see why it's
0: immoral. No. Um. Do, do you? Tell me about, it's worth theming. How much do you theme a show nowadays? Uh,
1: I don't always mean to. I've had one or two that had very strong themes. Yeah. Um, I don't usually go out of my way to uh, to write a show about a thing. What tends to happen is I notice that the show's about
0: something or
1: yeah, it's sometimes it's, the shows. There's really a long phase dark.
0: where everything in Edinburgh had a strong theme, you know. And often oh, why oh, the long, why the long phase? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> often they were like, they were kind of like, uh, you get you get those shows with uh, things I don't like, and, and clearly they've run out of things I don't like after a few minutes, right? <laughs> everything's like crowbarred, and you know, uh, another thing, it, it, it got worn over those kind of shows, go, another thing I don't like, <laughs> there is list shows, shows of, uh, and, and often, often you could see, because people advertise their show way in advance, people were stuck to a theme they yeah. hadn't really thought out. They go, oh, shit, I thought I'd be able to write loads on this. And it turns out it's just... Oh, they've done a first preview and realise the audience find that subject bo- boring and then they're stuck with it.
1: Yeah. Or you, you, I mean, you know, you know, know, then you become a master of sort of uh, ambiguous titles.
0: Yes. Yeah. Sort of, uh,
1: an hour in my time. <laughs> just well, most of my time... What nowadays, I reckon.
0: My, my titles tend to be ambiguous now. It just allow yeah, me to awesome. do anything. Yeah. You
1: know. I mean, my, you know... I had one called Look at this massive picture of my face yeah. which is, I'm um, still I don't think I've bettered that as a title No, or a poster Or a poster, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's nice because the title's all about the poster really and it doesn't, doesn't tie you down to just
0: talking about your face <laughs> Also nowadays I don't care it used to be when we were being reviewed a lot We'd always get those reviews, the title said this and it didn't live up to it or it was, uh, right. you know, it, it said it was all about shoes and he only mentioned shoes once. And but nowadays, no one ever does that. No, it's, it's very rare. Imagine. So you can get away with any title you like. I've, I've had titles that had no, by the time I'd finished writing the show, they had no correspondence whatsoever to anything <coughs> in the show.
1: So here's the thing. We've talked about all the various difficulties. We've talked about being fleeced by uh, other chats, <laughs> hats. Uh, we've talked about just how much money you can lose. Um, uh, we haven't mentioned the rain we've mentioned the heat we've mentioned that you can come down with diseases that were thought to have died out around the First World War Um, you can do a gig in in caves that you are sure cannot legally be open to the public
0: <laughs> they're drip, dripping, dripping they're, with they're, if you don't know how walls can sweat you have to go uh, in one yeah, of these yeah, yeah. You, you've got drips landing on you during the show yeah,
1: you're watching like stalactites yeah. be created on the ceiling out of a mixture of sweat and colour. coming pleurisy. to my
0: venue step over that puddle you don't want to know what it is
1: yes it's it's the person who was sat here before you
0: <laughs> who is
1: now half an inch shorter yeah. and desperately needs
0: salt and I think it was wet from them laughing but it wasn't <laughs> um yeah um, okay. we talked
1: about all, all of that and all the downsides and yeah all right I know you're not going and you say you're grateful you're not but I am going and uh, I'm sort of I'm, I'm looking forward to it
0: in a way I know got I gotta say I love the festival okay let's do this side I love why the festival and um but even with things you love, sometimes it's nice to have a year off. You know, holiday, right? So, uh, um, I, I, I'm quite happy to have the year off this year. But yes, I do love the festival. I've, don't forget, I've already done th- four festivals this year. Right, of course. Right, so I went around Australia and did uh, Perth and Adelaide and Melbourne uh, and um, uh, Tasmania. Right. So, so that's uh, that's been enough festivaling for a year, and and it's quite nice. Just I'm watching everyone. Sorry, we'll get we'll get into the joy side the moment, but right now, no matter how joyous it is. I'm watching everyone stressing, trying to get their show ready in time. Yeah. Uh, there aren't as many previews around as they used to be, so most people are going up. A lot of people are going up, having just done six or seven previews, which is not much at all. Forget considering comedy is mostly written on the hoof. It's not. It's not something you just kind of tend to. Do. It's not like writing a play where you sit down, write the play, and you do one test on an audience right right this this is one where you're forming the show by performing it yeah so watching everyone around stressing i still know people who haven't sorted out their accommodation yet people are going up there right now uh and and not knowing what they're going into and uh and and doing a show is very personal you know it's a a real (coughs) there's a massive naked feeling of going into the most competitive performing environment in the world uh and and you're going to get judged on it so so i'm enjoying that that side of it but okay Tell me what's fun about it or what's it what's worth it. Um for me, what um
1: Edinburgh makes you do is it you know it it, it makes you write a new hour of material. <laughs> and that that's an incredibly worthwhile thing to do. You know, it forces you to try out new stuff. It's uh, back to the out. wall, isn't it? Yeah.
0: You could get a new hour and people would be wondering about this because comedians constantly put out new pieces, but there's a difference to when you've got an hour show coming up and you need a new hour. It's like there's a deadline and, uh, and most of us with some pride are going to try and do an hour of brand new stuff.
1: Yeah. And I mean, in my, in my case, for instance, I don't, I don't do music when I do circuit gigs and I'm, I've started to do a little bit in my uh, Edinburgh shows and that's quite exciting. Yeah. Um, to try and get better at that. Um,
0: I've always had a thing of trying and push myself out of my comfort zone at definite parts of the show. Right. So I did that whole show of like, what about uh, learning music and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've also done, you know, I've done a number of different shows where I'll give myself a challenge. Or what, what I would do the first few years was um, I'd say, all right, I'm not very good at uh, doing story style comedy. So I'd, I'd make sure I have a story in there that I have to tell and it has to be 15 minutes long or whatever. And, uh, and yeah, that, that's, fact, that's how I got a really lot cool. better at doing that kind of stuff.
1: So. Yeah. Stretching yourself as a performer, get just getting better. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a definite, the first, first time you do uh, your solo in Edinburgh, you do, you're, you're essentially doing comedy under a, under kind of laboratory conditions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, the rest of the year, you do it in different sizes and shapes of room to different audiences, different times of day, different times of the week, different parts of the country. Yeah. Here, the only thing that changes is the day of the week. Yeah. It's You get you get people. Some people from England and Scotland. You're gonna mix, uh, and they come in night after night at the same time, and you do the same material or the same material, but a bit more honed every night.
0: Yeah. And. But you never know what's coming in either. One night can be a whole stag party filled yeah, the room. Yeah, that's true. Which, which I had once. I had a whole stag party filled the room with one reviewer sitting in the middle of them all. Uh, a lady looking very uncomfortable with her, between two guys with fake tits. Oh, you know, when, they're, they're big, when I say fake tits, I mean those big jokey comedy. Yeah yeah, hilarious. Yeah, 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 we're hilarious people. And when you've got a room full of men who are all in a stag party around a reviewer, they laugh like, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, oh. ho, And it's kind of like, that's not even my laugh I'm supposed to get. You know, it's, a, it's an off-putting laugh to make everything seem like it's like I'm being dirty, but I'm not. Oh, that's sad, an yeah. innocent joke, you know. <laughs> the other thing, and I
1: think as we get older, this probably matters less, um, is that there are whole parts of the rest of the industry, not 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 the live stand-up industry so much, but um, that to some extent. I mean, I've got a lot of overseas work and things like that out of Edinburgh. Yeah. People see me in Edinburgh who would never see me otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but also there is... Um, I mean I've I've written quite a lot on BBC Radio and TV shows right and I've seen around this time of year uh, producers go right let's see what's watching comedy and just look through the fringe brochure they they never think of going out to a stand up club
0: yeah they won't they, so, don't, they so, don't no people go out to Edinburgh to find out it is it's the showcase of the business every year isn't yeah. it which is why you know everyone's there it's the, and uh I think some of the good things about it is the fact that everyone's there it's socially it's an amazing month Oh yeah, yeah, right. it's wonderful, wonderful. All your mates fine. in the business are up there. The the downside of that is it's hard not to do a, a hard amount of drinking.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, last I I wasn't drinking for most of the festival. Last yeah, no, yeah, I
0: Managed like that. It's uh and I stopped. Yeah, and it was by, fine. By, it was by good. what? Not going out at night or drinking? Or I I I, I, yeah,
1: well. I was going out a bit, but I was just drinking tonic water. Yeah, and it, what? But what I wasn't doing, which you only, which you if you're drinking is staying out till kind of 4 or 5am which is so easy to do if you're surrounded by funny friends and you're drinking alcohol
0: I've done my days of those ones though where my first few fringes was, was out at you know that uh, Penny Black and ones that open at 5 oh god, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. so you drink all night and then go on to those and then uh, I, that wouldn't tempt me somewhere and some other city you know um, yeah, I, could, I couldn't do that now. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I think there was a time where I would just like stay up all night, almost every night, and then go along to a show. I remember going on to shows where I, I'd just been up all night and maybe even for a couple of nights and uh, didn't even know what I was saying half the time.
1: I, I uh, was doing a package show once, <clears throat> and um, Stuart Lee's then agency had not hit, he didn't run an agency, but the agency that represented him um, uh, were talking about maybe signing me. And I asked him for his advice on that. And in the course of him giving me the advice, um, he and some friends, and now me, because we were talking, uh, went out in cabs to a totally different city. I think we, we went to some <laughs> pub, which was middle of nowhere, like Leith or somewhere, yeah, yeah. Um, and then to some city with, a, with the seaside until the sun came up. Whereupon he, Stuart Lee, who disappeared, appeared and he got all bacon sandwiches, including for the cabbies who were uh, waiting. Uh, and it was just one of these weird all-night yeah. things, walking on the beach, yeah, with you know Stewart Lee and a bunch of strangers.
0: Leith is normally so where I find myself ending up when I'm doing done a, a late one. There. Yeah, I mean Leith is yeah. not
1: what Leith was. Yeah, I've stayed there a couple of times in recent years, and uh, it, it's. it's some of Leith is absolutely gorgeous. It's always very, very lovely in its own way. Right. It also used to be quite kind of scary. It's it gentrified, gentrified a bit. It's gentrified a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. yeah. Various so, Michelin starred restaurants on the on the scene. All right,
0: so list of fun things then. There's all, all good sides of doing Edinburgh. One, it's good to do a show. Uh, it's good to get yourself. You can do an hour new material without doing Edinburgh Festival, yeah. but it's a really good way of having to. It's good for networking, uh, supposedly. Um. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, if you, I hate it's, 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 I'm terrible and... at it, but I I, ne- I need to make myself do it. And it's good if you can get yourself seen by people, um, especially people who maybe run an international festival. You want to get in at.
0: Or... right? Yeah, yeah, there's all that stuff. I got, I've, as you say, I've, I've got loads out of doing it, but loads of uh, yeah, you know, from an inter- international festivals and uh, gigs all over the world, and uh, even TV appearances and stuff like yeah, that. yeah, me so, too. Yeah, Fantastic. so it overall, has been worth it. But I'm not sure how much that's changed now. I think it's, I think it's very hard to. Uh, you know, I don't know whether many, maybe some of the younger acts do actually, but maybe some of the acts have been around for now, for for a while, you're old news. You know,
1: I'm sure they do, um, and just just because I maybe wasn't aware of them last Edinburgh, I'm pretty sure that some of the people that I've seen as guests on TV shows I've written on, yeah, yeah, who are gone, who are they? I've never done the gig with them, but I bet they did Edinburgh last year. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, the
1: younger ones particularly. So it's how you know it's how people know you.
0: Um, yeah Any, I'm still thinking of popping up there i don't I don't know whether I'm gonna bother this year I think it's uh, I've really I've kind of got my head in the idea of just not having anything to do with it this year it's quite nice do, do you
1: think you'll miss it though do you knowing every everyone you know is there and
0: don't forget I live in crouch end i'm I'm surrounded by quite a few comedians in this area I guess that's true it's it's in the same way that uh and obviously because I've already done a few festivals this year it's been one big social that went on for several months right
1: yeah, no, I, I can imagine that. Well, if you you know if you want to come up during the festival, we have uh, we have a couch that you can stay on for two hundred quid a night. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a few offers, but uh, now I think I'm going to stay away, have a good break.
1: Well, I'm going to try and have a good festival, and because we're going to be in different cities again, uh, I think I'll try and interview some people. So, like, kind of like we did last year.
0: Yeah. Do a few kind of showcase interviews. That's cool. Um, So you have mentioned it on the last podcast, but this is about Edinburgh, so I think it's relevant. And You're travelling up to Edinburgh tomorrow, aren't you?
1: I am travelling up to Edinburgh tomorrow.
0: And you start when?
1: Uh, I start on Friday.
0: All right. And percentage, uh, honestly, what level ready do you think you are?
1: Oh, not too bad. Yeah? Yeah, not too bad. There's still some stuff I'd change about the show, and they will change, and the... Certainly, by the time like t- twice in a row, you go, all right, that that bit needs to go, or that bit needs to be. Do you know what? Point. That's
0: also changed a lot. It's I, I used to go up there with this. I think we all did the attitude that it had to be ready by the first day. And now, I just see it. It's all progress. It's all. Um, uh, yeah. It's a process rather than rather than going to be a finished result. Yeah. So I've got no problem with saying this. This is in. This is out. Right. new piece. Yeah. But it, it's think it's around. quite
1: good. It's in quite good shape, and it's one of those. There's a couple of stories where I think I'm gonna just. You, you know how you find the little beats in a story that make yeah. it better and better every time. They, they, they'll improve, um, but they're 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 good, and the payoff to the stories works, and the song the songs are okay. One of the songs is a bit different every time. I do need to settle well, because you're um, forgetting stuff. Or you're changing well, because I'm also sort of improvising and adding yeah. bits, and I need to just sit down. and go, What's the fucking song? Come yeah. on, decide. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've got, I've got shows where I've I've written them down and then uh, I and I look at like I'll have like seven or eight different versions of the same show. Yeah, definitely, and they're very different.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I got when we got stranded in I got stranded in London last uh, week when we did the last uh, podcast, and um, that meant that I didn't have my notebook when I went for my next preview, the preview in Bath. So I had to sort of try and remember the show and write down the notes as best I could remember them. Right, And that, that ended up dropping about 10, 15 minutes out of the show. And it's better for that. Right, it's much more streamlined. It doesn't have a good way of finding out. Yeah, yeah. It, it turns out my subconscious just went. I don't think much of this show needs to be out about weasels.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 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 it's quite a political show, and then you got about weasels from it. And no one's going to complain after. I really enjoyed the show. We didn't mention weasels. Yeah, never happened at all. Um, um no, I've sorry. had that before. I've had, I've had shows where you do get that bit where you have to get off book at some point, and uh, and sometimes you discover a whole load. Because you start yeah, yeah. playing around a bit more, and uh, you know you're not as tied to uh, uh, making sure you get from this link to that link, and so on.
1: Yeah, and, and without someone to, I think if you've got a director, maybe, and you've got a lot of previews rather than like six or seven, I think, oh. uh, which is not really enough for an hour show that you're writing on the hoof, but. I, sh-
0: I should mention that the whole thing about having bits of paper, in case you, cause it might be non-comedians listening to this, hopefully. Um, yeah. I hope so. If you uh, If you uh, the reason why you, you start the previews with bits of paper and so on is because often there are links or there, there's um, yeah. what we call callbacks, which means that they refer back to a joke you've done ten minutes before. Um, and the only way to test them is to make sure you get in those bits you did before. When you've got an hour of stuff to remember, you forget all these kind of odd little pieces.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's right. And then the other thing is, it's not just that you don't the material. Like, what you're holding isn't isn't... Then I said to him he should go no, and no, no, fuck no. his... No, it's, yeah, like it's not that, right? What they are is, right, do that bit that you've thought of, that bit you've thought of. None of these bits are honed, but you've thought of little chunks. And it it like was it's
0: like cheese shoes or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or running cyclops. And and, uh, and and often you've put in things that you think are going to be, be a big enough cue to remind you what the piece is, but it's not like the opening words of the bit. You go, like, how the fuck do I get into that? Yeah, you know, exactly. Stare at the page and wonder, Fuck Cyclops! Yes, <laughs> and, and and
1: those are the bits of the show that become smoother over the festival, right? Because at they the beginning, up. it's it's whatever your face does, or your, your you know your mouth does when your eyes look at the word Corbin S Club Seven Wirral, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> or something, and you, you know vaguely what those bits are. You finally work through, but the elegance of how you get from one to the other. Yes. And how much the show feels like it has a flow.
0: Yeah, yeah, or how clunky it is yeah, sometimes when try and make those links or just kind of keep bringing in the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, cool. So yeah. if you're going up to the Edinburgh Festival, it is a load of fun. Um, it is expensive. Uh, you can go and save a bit of money by... What a lot of people do now is that they'll go and see one of the shows at the expensive Fringe and go and see a few free Fringe shows. Yeah. Um, most free fringe shows, I think, it's quite acceptable. We put in a fiver afterwards in a bucket, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, still it's absolutely, all. absolutely fine. It's still, I mean, all. you, you're allowed you, to put in however much you want. You can put in more if you've enjoyed it, and um, and we performers certainly do appreciate it.
1: Yeah, we do. And if you are up there and you fancy catching my show, it's at nine fifteen in the Liquid Rooms, the Liquid Rooms annex, um, and it's called Nick Doody. I will milk you.
0: And I'm not going to be there, but if you're in uh, Crouch End, London. Pop in. Yeah do. Pop in. I'll do at flat <laughs> I'll do a few I'll do a few jokes for you And even a little dance uh, I,
1: I should tell them What time will you be in? <laughs> <laughs> All day Every day <laughs>
0: I'm just doing nothing I think I'll be quite busy actually so.
1: Alright So that's it For our uh, final Pre-Edinburgh Festival Podcast
0: For this year
1: <laughs> for this forever. year. <laughs> Thank
0: you for listening. Bye bye. Bye.